Well, hello, and this is Tim Marin failing up. Thank you. Thank you, Jungle Jim, for that wonderful, wonderful musical introduction. What a talented, what a talented musical, musical director we have. Jungle Jim, that's right. And we're recording this podcast in the bowels located along the mighty shores of the Seneca River leading up to Lake Ontario, which flows right out into the uh, St. Lawrence Seaway, to the Atlantic Ocean, and all the way around the world, just like my voice is right now, if you happen to be uploading it. Of course, if you make a quick left, you could find yourself over in Toronto, a little left and a little south. You might end up in Buffalo, bring a barrel in case you're not paying attention, because you may end up going over Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls, inch by inch. That's an old, 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 even older than me, Abbott and Costello, but Niagara Falls inch by inch. But here we are uh, recording this podcast uh, in the waning days of October, just a great time of year. Uh, The crisp autumn air has uh, overtaken uh, the northeast region and the leaves are still kind of hanging in there and we have those beautiful blue gray autumn skies with sun peeking through and just illuminating the leaves and they're on the ground and Nothing like a warm mug of apple cider. I have one right here. Oh my goodness gracious, it's great. Um, right in my beloved Green Bay Packers mug. And so autumn is in the air. Halloween is coming up, All Hallows Eve. Uh, one of our fun, frolicking holidays, going back to my Irish roots with Jack O'Lantern, which was created by the Irish way, way, way back in the day. You can look that up, you can research it, and you can find out that, believe it or not, I'm actually telling you the truth uh, as far as that goes. But autumn is just a wonderful time of year uh, here in the Northeast. I did have, you know, I've been fortunate where I've had the opportunity to travel around the the country and experience um, all the seasons um, from various locations. And uh, every location really has its own uh, unique perspective and and offerings around. around the seasons, even if they don't really have seasons in some places, but they really do create uh, a wonderful transitional time of year. You know, I've been in L.A. during fall and L.A. during the holiday Christmas period, and, and it's just really um, a really wonderful um, time of year, wherever you are in, in, in the continent, or the world for that matter. I've had the opportunity to be around the world in many cases and experience that. So, you know, the... Um, transition and no matter what the weather is you know where the planet we're on is rotating a little farther away from the sun and so uh, I guess you just define your sense of cool whether it be in Florida um, at least on this side of the equator because you flip over the equator and things are flipping the other way which is kind of cool so uh, you know I believe it's becoming spring in Australia oh, I gotta have a sip of this cider mm. Oh, man, that is so good. Mm-mm-mm. Yummy, yummy, yummy. But here we are on Failing Up on this uh, great, great time of year, approaching uh, some elections here. And, uh, you know, we're not about a year away from the big midterm elections and all kinds of stuff going on in, uh, <clears throat> in our country and around the world. So it's a pretty exciting time. And it's a great time to pay attention to what's going on. You know, I'm not here to... To, to take a side or put a label on anything, but take time to really be balanced and, and, and absorb everything that's going on. Because really, as a person, you're the individual, whoever you may be, who can make those decisions. And one by one, we can um, ha- impact impact 
hopefully for the better. But you can only do that by being informed. So really, take the time to be informed and informed with an open mind. And I think that that's really um, important as we, you know, as we go through these times where information is just being thrown at us from all different sides, you know, and it's really up to us as uh, individuals to be able to discern that information and use um, our intellect because we all have a tremendous amount of intellect and ability to discern information and have discussions about information and ask questions. Man, ask questions. What a lost art it seems, but just being able to ask a question because you really don't get information unless you ask a question. So, uh, so it's something that's, I mean, even in our workplace, we want to be comfortable asking a question. And many times when we ask a question or we question something, because you can ask a question for information or you can question something, wondering why it's done. And sometimes in the workplace or sometimes even in um, our home, but in the workplace, or we question why do we do certain things? Why, why, why are there certain policies in place? And it's really important, I think, that that is supported and not punished if you're in a workplace you're, you're you're encouraged to ask questions you're encouraged to question and the sign of a, a great leader is someone who wants to be questioned and wants to be pushed and wants to be stretched because it it allows the individual or individuals to review and and and, and take a look and say are those decisions and those policies are they still applicable do they still make sense or did I inherit something? And uh, those that question really are, are those that are leaders because they are questioning um, usually with the intent of looking to offer um, a different perspective. Or to even say uh, some clarity. So it's a great opportunity for a leader to explain their position and defend their position or, or it's a great opportunity for uh, a leader and those that are questioning to reevaluate the directions that they're taking and therefore um, look at readjusting uh, where we're going and uh, maybe maybe some uh, maybe we have to uh, take a look at those directions. But it's really great to question. Never be afraid to question or ask a question. But never really be afraid to question anything. Why do we do it this way? Why do we do this? You ever hear the story? This is an old story about a young man and his newly uh, newlywed, and they're having uh, they're having dinner, and she's making him a ham ham dinner, and she cuts the ends off the ham and throws it in the oven. That's how you make a ham, I guess. And she takes it out, and he says, "Well, she's why do you cut the two ends off the ham? It seems like it's a waste." And she says, "Well, I don't know. My mother always did that." So next thing you know, a couple weeks later, they're having dinner over at her parents, and um, they happen to be having ham all things are having some ham and uh, her mother takes the ham out of the oven and lo and behold boom the two ends are cut off and he, the young son-in-law says why do you do that why, why are you cutting those two ends of the ham off and she said well I don't know it's just the way my family my mother always prepared it that way that's the way my mother always made my ham she cut the two ends of the, the two ends off. He goes, oh, okay, all right, well, okay. Next thing you know, they're having this big festive dinner, big celebration, you know, about two months later, and there she is, the, uh, you know, uh, the grandmother. And they're sitting there, and he's at the table, you know, and says to her, look, and, and then, by the way, they're not having ham here. No, they're just having a big celebration. 
And he says, I got to ask you a question. I got to ask you a question, Grandma. She says, what's up? And he says, how come when you made ham, you cut the two ends of the ham off? And now that's passed on from generation from generation. And it's a family custom. And the, the family's known for cutting the ends of the ham off and throwing those ends out into the garbage or to a lucky dog or animal outside. And then she said, well, you know, there, fella, I cut those two ends off because when we I first was married, our oven was so small, I couldn't fit the ham in the oven. And growing up, we kept that oven. So question. Don't be afraid to question and find out why things are done, how decisions are made, what policies are in place. The question is such a powerful tool, it's a powerful communication tool, asking a question, you know, asking a question. I think once we ask enough questions, we find out that there are less boundaries uh, in, in this world that we share. I think that we share this world and there are less boundaries in this world. You know, we get so hung up on titles and and we don't take a look behind the title you know who's in there we don't question who's behind the title what's their motivation we just see a title and the titles can be uh, impressive titles you know I've held some impressive titles and everybody's probably had some type of impressive titles but that doesn't have a lot to do with the individual you can get a title pretty easily you know you can in some organizations you can get a title you can become a vice president of nothing but at least you got that title of vice president or executive director or whatever you want to be but that doesn't necessarily make that individual um, a leader or that doesn't make that individual uh, someone whose status you may want to um, uh, succumb to I guess I would say but you know because there's there's improv we always look at status when doing improv scenes we're always looking at status of the character and you can be a character with very high status high status and and for example not hold a, a, a great title you know we used to do the we did this scene one time where the custodian was in the president's office and the president was very insecure the president had gotten into that position for you know however he just happened to win an election, but very insecure. Very, and, and the custodian was very confident. This this custodian, she had been with the White House for years and years, and uh, you know, it's, it's absorbed knowledge. And uh, it was an interesting scene because the status drove the scene. You had a sto low status title of a custodian with a high status individual. And there's a lot of um, wonderful, brilliant people who reside behind titles that we would consider to be low status titles and we would just look at that title and say why would I spend time with an individual who is there you know are they beneath me in the hierarchy that makes me just sick to my stomach when I hear somebody say oh you know that's beneath my level you know what what is your level and how do you know what is beneath your level and maybe maybe it's better to be beneath your level and who set your level and I don't care what your title is. And I never have really cared what uh, an individual's title is. I mean, obviously, if I get pulled over by a police officer, I'm going to respect their position. Um, but if I go into organizations and somebody's you know, bragging to me that they're the you know, president or the CEO or the CFO or the you know, whatever, the dean or the bishop, all titles that I've worked with, all individuals I've worked with and you know, assistant dean, titles I've held, executive you know, that doesn't mean it's who you are. It's who you are. 
And some of the greatest individuals I've ever met in my life, individuals who have saved people's lives, saved people's lives, uh, had zero titles. Individuals who celebrated their culture had zero titles. Fascinating conversations with individuals who, who you might walk by and pretend they're part of the woodwork, you know, the, the man or the woman who's cleaning the hallway the man or the woman who's cutting the grass, you know, sit down and talk with them and find out who, because you're going to be surprised. You're going to be surprised. When I went back to school, I was working at the Syracuse newspapers as a switchboard operator <clears throat> at night. And in, in would come the shift of the cleaning crew. They always came in at night and I said, one of my jobs to sign out their keys and I signed them out their and I would sign out their keys and there they would be. And um, they were from, most of them were from Asia at the time. Uh, Syracuse had a, a large Vietnamese population not too far from where the newspaper was actually located. And I would talk to them. I started, you know, fascinating. It's fascinating to talk with, to anybody who's from a different culture, first of all, because you learn so much from individuals from a different culture. And you should really, anytime you have an opportunity to really have a conversation with someone who has, uh, from a different culture, Really, you should explore that and ask a bazillion questions and learn and learn and absorb. And what a gift that is to open up the world through somebody else's eyes and just learn how other people see things. And I, and I would be talking to some of these individuals while I was signing out their keys. And one fella, uh, many of them came from Vietnam and they escaped Vietnam after the war. And one fella was like a high-level officer a Vietnamese high-level officer. Another person was a physician. Another person was an engineer. And here they are in the United States starting over uh, working custodial uh, evenings at the Syracuse newspapers. And if you saw them walk through the hallways at night with their custodial carts and their mops and their brooms in their uh, uniforms, their you know pale tan uniforms doing that work, and you just assume they were a part of the building. They were no-name shadows within the building. You missed everything you possibly could do. You missed an opportunity to learn. You missed an opportunity to expand your mind because the second you started talking to these individuals and realizing not only the professions that they had and the things that they had done in their life, whether they saved lives or, 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 or fought tyranny, you also realized what these individuals did to get over here, to escape that situation they were in, come over here and start all over and be grateful. Be grateful for the fact that they were here in this country and starting over. Uh, and they didn't care if they were a custodian or they didn't care if what they were doing. They were so grateful to be here and to be alive and to be free. And it's really a humbling experience when you know you look at our majority of situations and arguments today and people bitching and complaining about what they don't have or comparing themselves on social media not for a second just stop you know just stop and take a look around but status is a funny thing and titles are funny things you know people get titles and, and they feel as if the title all of a sudden makes them uh somebody different but you still have to be the person that you still have to have certain traits. You still have to be humble. You still have to be inquisitive. You still have to be flexible. You still have to be willing to learn. Be able to, you know, uh, say that you're wrong. I mean, if a bishop becomes a bishop and all of a sudden they think, oh, I'm the bishop. And being the bishop means that whatever I say goes. 
Well, you know, the bishop is no closer to God than the parish priest in the middle of nowhere with a parish of 15 people, half of them without a job for the last 15 years. Who's closer to God? You tell me. You tell me. Is it the bishop with his catered lunches and dinners and home and all that kind of stuff? Or is it, is it, the, is it the priest out in the middle of nowhere trying to just help individuals to have a better life and maybe become educated? or the nun, or whoever it could be, you know, the, the monk, or the, the rabbi, or, or whoever, whatever, whatever religion you have. And who's to say, who's to say one title is more important than the other when we take titles and we start putting them on uh, organizations? So we start taking titles and we put them on organizations, you know. So all of a sudden, you know, I, when I was growing up, uh, I'm Catholic, I'm, you know, Irish Catholic, uh, which is more of a political statement than actually a, a, a spiritual statement. You know, Irish Catholic is more like a heritage. You know, what are you? I'm Irish Catholic. Oh, great. That means I can go to the bar. Um, but, but you start putting titles on things. When I was growing up, I was like, oh, you know, if I'm Irish Catholic, we're, we're right and the Protestants are wrong. We're right and the Jews are wrong. We're right. And God forget if there's Muslims. They're Muslims. They're really wrong. Uh, Native Americans, I mean, do they even have a God, you would say? And so... Uh, the title. It was the title. And then title comes entitlement. Oh, you know, we're a Catholic, which means we own Easter. We own Christmas. We own December. We own, you know, we own December because that's our month. And uh, yeah, Santa Claus and Jesus, they're kind of the same anyways. Um, but titles. And then when you, but when you strip away the titles, when you strip away the titles and you start looking at the individuals, or you start looking at the motivation of certain organizations, you get the politics out of religion, you start understanding that no matter what people call whomever or whatever they worship, whether it be God or Jesus or um, uh, Buddha, uh, more of a philosophy, the, the creator of the natives, uh, um, the Jewish faith uh, who believe in, in God and, and honor um, that God and or um, you know, uh, Mohammed, whatever it is, it's all kind of the same. It boils down. And once you strip it all away and all the baloney and all the human titles and rules, it's all the same. It's all about looking at an unconditional love, uh, an unconditional love that created an opportunity and a beautiful opportunity for uh, humans and animals to share a planet. And no matter what the title is, that opportunity is to share the planet and to take care of each other and the planet. And if you don't do that, then you're going to screw it up. And if you screw it up because you get so caught up in your little fiefdoms or you get so caught up in your little world or, or you get so insecure where you want to keep things and you decide to blow the crap out of each other or you decide to uh, continue to produce uh, items, you know, no matter what the consequences are to the environment, um, or you, you turn a, a blind eye to certain situations because it might mess up your vacation, um, then, then, you know, then, then you got a problem. But if, if that's, you know, or if you say, oh, my, my ideology is right and yours is wrong, but what's the motivation behind all of that too? Then you got a problem because you get caught up in titles. You know, are you a moderate? Are you a Democrat? Are you a Republican? Are you this or that or what? The bottom line is, what do you really want? You know, what do we really need? And then, you know, but 
you got to look beyond all those labels. You know, because if we live and, and it's really hard, it's human nature to look at a label. Look at a label. Oh, this is uh, Tim Mars, the assistant dean. Oh, how wonderful. I pull my finger. But you really have to, it's, it's more about us looking at each other and what we have to bring to the table. You know, and, and it, you always hear this when there's a time of crisis and the individuals who really are important but aren't important throughout. Oh, I got to have a sip of this cider. Wait a minute. I got, I got, I can't, I can't have this thing. So hold on. Mm -mm -mm. Oh boy. I just drank autumn. I just had a sip of autumn and it was wonderful. But you know, we look at all these, uh, titles and, um, wanting to, to be around, you know, be in with the in crowd and, you know, who is the in crowd? Um, when really there's so much to learn from everyone, everyone has experiences, everyone has, um, perceptions, everybody has, uh, thoughts and concerns. And, and as I was saying, then we get into these times of crises crisis when something happens, you know, you get attacked or a severe a catastrophic weather situation or a natural disaster or a disaster. And all of a sudden, these individuals who we may have looked upon as shadows, we may have looked upon as the wallpaper of life, all of a sudden they pop out and become important. You know, nurses and doctors and firefighters and UPS drivers, all of a sudden they pop out and they become really important. They become heroes. And we talk about how much there are heroes. Well, you know, they were always heroes, you know, or you hear about people's parents are always heroes. You know, parents are always heroes. Grandparents are always heroes. Guardians are always heroes. Teachers are always heroes. Firefighters and police officers are always heroes, you know. Those that we don't see are heroes, and it's 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 not looking at at the title, but it's understanding what people are bringing to the table. And I would say, you know, take some time next time you're at work, or next time you're in a building, or if you're walking through a park. You know, hopefully it's not a stranger, but you're walking through a park. And you see, or you're, you know, you see, or you're someplace, you know, you're at your place of worship and it's not the, it's not the head rabbi or it's not the grand pumba, it's not the bishop, but maybe it's some, um, old retired priest or rabbi or somebody whose voice is long gone. Sit down and talk to, don't even talk to that person. Ask that person questions, ask them questions. Because you don't just leave the classroom. The classroom is structured when you grow up and you go into specialties and you obviously, you know, doctors and, and attorneys and all these, yes, physicists are all wonderful, educated, but they are always in, inquisitive. You know, Michelangelo, Leonardo da Vinci were always inquisitive, always wondering, you know, were they artists? Were they scientists? You know, why is there a difference between why can't art and science exist as one? Because they are. It's all one. It's all connected and everything's connected. And the more that you question and the more that you ask questions, the more that we question, the more we learn. You know, the classroom stops along the structured classroom that we pay a bazillion dollars to sit in. It ends a long time ago. 
But the classroom that we live in to question and to learn is ongoing. And that doesn't, and that means anytime someone tells you something, anytime someone tells you something, you have a responsibility now to, to figure out if that's accurate. That's a responsibility when you receive information is to say to yourself, huh, is that true? And now you got to go find out if that's true. Or why do we do things that way? Or hey, how are you doing? What's going on today? And, and, and by questioning and asking questions, we learn. We learn about each other. We reduce the status and we understand that um, everybody, everybody has um, feelings. It sounds kind of soft and corny. Everybody has feelings. Everybody has emotions. Everybody has value. Everybody has value by asking those questions instead of just pretending that certain people are just dressing on the side of the wall or certain people are wallpaper and that's what they do. Uh, but you'd be interested to really know, you know, why is somebody homeless? It's not because they're lazy. Nine out of ten times it is not because they're lazy. Why are they homeless? Why is somebody addicted to uh, some type of substance? You know, most of the times people are have a, have an addiction. It's not because they they enjoy they enjoy whatever they're they enjoy getting high or they don't enjoy getting drunk. There's a reason why that's there. There's a reason why, and it's usually it's not that you know a social drinker. I'll say drinker in this case. Social drinker enjoys having a drink or a couple drinks and shooting the breeze. An alcoholic is getting drunk for other reasons, and they don't enjoy. They don't enjoy it. They're not there because they enjoy it. And what? Why do you ask those questions? So by asking each other questions and questioning where we are, without putting titles and barriers in front of us, we all become more informed. And as we all become more informed, then we all realize that we have a common goal. And once we realize we have a common goal, we tend to work together. Now, that doesn't mean if we work together, we don't have different values and we don't have different perspectives. Sure we do. Sure you can. You could be a conservative. You can be a liberal. But you still want to have a common goal, and that's what's best for, for all those around here. My goodness gracious, what an autumn... What an autumn spiel that was, but I hear Jungle Jim. This is Tim Marr. This is Failing Up. It's autumn. Autumn in New York, in upstate New York. I love to get down. Manhattan's beautiful. In Manhattan, this is like the best time. From now until the end of Christmas, if you get to Manhattan, now's the time to do it. Because the leaves changing in Central Park, the crisp air down there, the marathon, and then Christmas. And yes, Christmas in New York is just beautiful because the whole city is decorated. Second to none. Second to none. If you ever have a chance, get to Manhattan during the Christmas season. Post Macy's, pre um, fourth, pre uh, not fourth, pre uh, January first. Don't go on New Year's Eve. It's gonna be crazy down there. But get there before then. This is Tim Marr. This is failing up. That's Jungle Jim. I'll be hearing you. You'll be hearing from me really soon. Take care now. Bye bye.